Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am the host. And today's a special day because I took a little mini break the last two weeks, and we played some of my favorite old episodes. And now I'm back for a brand new episode that you have not had the chance to hear yet. I am so excited for you to hear it. Before we get into anything and I introduce our guest, quick reminder that although I'm a therapist, this podcast does not serve as therapy or replacement, but it might help you along your mental health journey somewhere, somehow. And I just want to get right to it because this is a interview. It didn't really feel like an interview, but it was an interview that I have been waiting to do for a really long time. It's one of those people that I was like, uh, I would like to reach out to her, but I doubt she'll actually see my message or give it thought because I just think of her as a trailblazer in her um, line of work. And I look up to her a lot of what she does, even though, and we'll talk about it, I might not agree with everything she talks about, but I just love the kind of content she puts out and the energy she has. And she's just so educated and so easy to talk to. So let me introduce her. Her name is Liz Plank. And I found her through interviewing Justin Baldoni last summer. Then he had this podcast called Man Enough, and she's a co-host of that. And so that's how I found her and started following her. I'm going to read you a little bit of her bio because it is very impressive. And I just want you to, to have some background of why this person honestly has so much power in her opinion, because so much of her opinion, so much of her work is backed by a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. So Liz is a filmmaker, award-winning journalist, international best-selling author, and has been the executive producer and host of several critically acclaimed digital series at Vox Media and NBC News. Her most recent critically acclaimed book, For the Love of Men, A Vision for Mindful Masculinity, was featured in Vogue, Esquire, Playboy, Elle magazine, GQ, NPR, The Washington Post on Morning Joe, and on Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert. She co-hosts the Main Enough podcast with Justin Baldoni and Jamie Heath as well, and that's the podcast that I mentioned before. She's the CEO of Liz Plank Productions and is a columnist for MSNBC and has been listed as one of Forbes 30 Under 30. Mediaite's most influential in news media and Marie Claire's most powerful women. And she was named one of the world's most influential people in gender policy by Apolitical. Through her activism and creative approach to journalism, Liz has made it her mission to elevate the voices of those who are often not heard. Before becoming a journalist, Liz worked at a community center for people with disabilities and was a researcher and behavioral science consultant at the London School of Economics, from which she holds a master's degree in policy with an emphasis in global gender politics. I mean, 
doesn't she sound amazing? Like she sounds so freaking great because she is great. And I will preface this conversation because I kept saying before we get into what we're going to talk to or before we talk about what we're going to talk about today. And the thing is, we never got there because our conversation was so great that there was not space or time for us to get to originally why I had reached out and what I thought we were going to talk about, which is honestly for the best because the conversation was just so good. And what we were talking about just couldn't be stopped. And what I hope for you guys is this podcast feels less like you're listening to a podcast and more like you're listening to two passionate people having a conversation, having a safe conversation. And hopefully that gives you some oomph to have some safe conversations in your life as well today. If you want more of Liz, you can listen to her on the Man Enough podcast. You can read her book for the love of men and you can follow her on Instagram and her Instagram handle. I'm going to say it and spell it. It's feministabulous. I didn't say that right. Feminist to fabulous. No. The thing is, her Instagram handle, I don't actually know how you pronounce it. I should have asked that. But how you spell it is F E M I N I S T A B U L O U S. I'm going to put that in the show notes and you can just click the link and then you can, um, you know, tell me how to pronounce that. Feminist fabulous. Feminist fabulous. I want to say feminista abulous, but it's not. Feminist abulous. Feminist abulous. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Anyway, thank you, Liz, for this conversation because it brightened my Friday and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. And I hope you guys have the day you need to have. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday for Couch Talks. Here is my conversation with Liz. Welcome, Liz Plank, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so for having excited. Me. I'm so, so excited. I learned about you. I think this is when I learned about you. When I got Justin's book last year and then I started reading it and I was like, oh my God, I have to talk to this person. And so he came on the podcast last year and I think it was right after y'all started the Man Enough podcast. Yeah. I want to say I'm not like totally strong on the timing, but yeah. then that's how I got introduced to you and then started following you and watching all of your reels, which are really fun. Um, <laughs> they're just like helpful, but also they just look like you have a lot of fun when you make them too. Oh, um, so yeah, I do. So, it's like, it's how I play really. Yeah. Like, and, and it's funny. Cause I was just, I'm launching a podcast with Monica Padman where we were like freezing our eggs together. So I'm, I'm making her do all these reels. And so I have to understand that like for some people making reels is not fun. It's actually yeah. stressful. And so it's weirdly, yeah sort of my go-to to enjoy myself. But I also realized for a lot of people, it's like not because I love doing it with other people. That's like my favorite, my favorite thing. But that's a, um, whole other, yeah. that's a whole other conversation, which we won't get into. But I just want to mention is like you saying that that's how I have fun. And I get enjoyment. Yeah. And it's helpful in work and what I do there. And I know that that everybody doesn't operate like that. And some people yes. it feels like work to have to like crank out all of this content and do yeah. it. You can tell though, like, I think what the reason I want to say that is you can tell when you watch your stuff that it doesn't feel like you're sitting in a room all day being like, what should I post today? I have to make, mm-hmm. da, da, da. they just look natural. And so oh, yeah. thanks. That means a lot. I mean, sometimes I am like, I got to post something, but, yeah. but I, I really, I, yeah, I get so much enjoyment and I hope that they're like useful for people. Right. I think in this weird creator economy where there's this pressure to produce and create, um, it can make, I think, creative people feel like it's a, it's a product that they have to put out. And I think when I'm able to align with, okay, what is, what would be helpful to, you know, my community, what would be helpful to people? What, what would I need to hear right now is probably what a lot of other people, you know, need to hear right now. So that's what I try and align with. So I'm glad that it's the intention is shining uh, through. (laughs) So people already know who you are in one aspect, but before we jump into everything, I am interested personally, and I just think that people might want to know as well, how do you like to be introduced and, or what do you like people to know about you before they like hear anything that you have to say? Oh, that's such a cool question. How would I like to be introduced? It's funny. We were, I, I, work, I work a lot on, a, uh, you know, just abortion rights and I'm on the board of Mayday Health and we were having a meeting where we were trying to figure out, I don't know, just what my kind of role should be and what everyone's role should be, which I think is a good thing to do whenever you're with, you're working with a group of people so that roles are clear and you're doing something that not only you're, you know, g- good at, but that you enjoy doing. I hadn't done my personality, the anagram or whatever. I just still haven't done. 
yeah, I haven't done it and I really need to just do it. They were like, what's your, you know, and I was like, I don't know. And they're like, okay, well, how would you like to be like remembered or something like that? And which I think is, you know, very similar to your question. And I was like, oh, as someone who like helped, like, like, like someone who like helped in and like, whatever that is, right. Small or bigger. And so that's, I guess my, yeah, my aspiring ideal of, of myself is that I've been, I've left people better than how I like found them. And I don't often feel like I'm successful <laughs> in my, you know, personal or even work life. And I think, yeah, that's, that's how I would love to be though in the world. And, and I think when I'm the most, again, I mean, coming back to this kind of sillier conversation about reels, like I feel the best when I know that, that what I'm creating is, is helping people. And I don't feel aligned when it's like coming from a place of scarcity or a place of like, Oh, I have to get more, you know, engagement, or I have to get more people to subscribe to my thing. I think it feels the most authentic and good for me when I'm aligned with like, Oh, this is just helping. Like, you know. Okay. So that is actually really nice to hear somebody say who has a larger following because I went through And I talked about this on the podcast Mm -hmm. maybe a couple months ago, and then I took a little break, but I went through this moment of really a lot of introspection on like, why, what am I doing with the podcast, with like social media? Like, what am I doing? Because I, a listener sent me this reel and it was a therapist. I think a therapist with a fairly large following for a therapist on social media. And uh, they just said like, would love to hear your thoughts on what this person's saying. And the person didn't say anything that was like blatantly wrong, but they also didn't say anything that was like totally truthful. It was very much like a niche thing that could apply, but also like was way over simplified, but also presented in a way that was like, this is the truth. And it has right. to be the truth. And if, if this isn't your experience, then you're doing it wrong. Right. And so I, I started thinking about why might that person have put that out there as a therapist? Like why, why would I be, putting a podcast out or writing a post. And I come from that place of like, my job is to help people. And yeah, Mm I can come out of that. I have to own that. Like I get something out of helping people. It feels good. It makes me feel like I have purpose, all that. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a responsibility, even if you aren't a therapist, but especially if you are in that realm, we have a certain ethical guidelines we have to follow. Mm -hmm. Really be careful about what it is that we're putting out in the world, what it is that we're saying to our clients in a classroom, what it is that we're saying to the general public, because therapy Mm -hmm. is such a personal thing. So it's nice to hear you say that, like, what I'm aiming to do is, is to help people, not to gain a following. Yeah, maybe having a following helps me help people. Yeah. <laughs> but the purpose of what I put out there isn't like, I want to get 3000 million reshares. Mm-hmm. So then more people see my profile. There mm-hmm. has to be strategy around like being somebody who's like owning a business or, you know, trying to survive and, and make money in the world. But mm-hmm. they're also like, when we pick certain areas, we also have to hold that like ethical part that to me yeah. feels very important. And I've just realized that for a lot of people, and I realize it's from a working in therapy space that a lot of people who are therapists are like capitalizing on mental health becoming, I hate using the word trendy, but like it is, you yes. know, yeah. So I'm like, Ugh. and I had to do a whole, like, who do I keep following? Who do I unfollow? And then I was like, I got to make my profile private. I have to put oh, some wow. lines between it's public now, but I changed the way I post from like the podcast okay. Catherine as the human, like yeah. follow my page. Like it's just my life sure. unless you just want to see that. But if you want mental health information, that's on the podcast page mm-hmm. because I didn't want it to be about me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that was just a long-winded way to say, I really appreciate your answer. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, and I'm with you. Like, I also think that this And I'm very curious what you think, but I feel like there's too much mental health content, which feels wrong to say because I no, I'm glad you said it. I don't know, man. I'm like, I feel like everything is hard now. Like, like, oh my god, yeah, is hard, and friendships are hard because everyone's very, I guess, more more literate in mental health awareness and, and language, but, but, but I'm wondering if there's like an over literacy where it's like, well, that's a red flag or that's, you know, and people 
you know, exiting relationships or, or, or isolating, you know, from, from people because it's fitting into something that they've read and this very black or white, right. And this idea that you have to like protect yourself from toxic people and toxic relationships and everything's gaslighting, everything's, you know, and, and I, yeah, I grapple with that because I, I notice, I, I think part of it is that we all, became more mentally ill. I know you're not supposed to say that, but whatever. Like we all became more just like unstable because the world we live in, the envi- our environment is unstable, which is a euphemism for what we're going through in this global pandemic and all of it. But I, I wonder if we've like overcorrected and, and yeah, I'm finding it so like, I think about dating, you know, I'm single and I'm 35, but like dating when I was 25, was so, or even five years ago, I feel like even when I was 30, like it was just more, like I saw this TikTok, this woman was like, dating now is like, give me your purse. And <laughs> and like, that's the best way for me to put it. It's that it's like, if you do some, you know, people are on the yeah. brink, right. Yeah. And then they're meeting another person that's hanging by a single thread. And then you put two of those people together again, whether it's dating or even work. Like, I think like work people who are managers now and who are, you know, or, or even just coworkers, like it's loaded, like everything is so loaded. So I I'm with you. Like, I want to talk more about mental health and I'm thinking about mental health so much more. But I also am like, am I hurting or am I helping? (laughs) This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 100%. So there's a million things in that. One, there is too much content. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I also feel, I also feel bad saying that because like one, I put some of that content out and, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But like I had to unfollow every single person on my Instagram and redo who I follow because I was yeah. like, 
I work with eating disorders and body image. It's like my specialty. You do. Oh, wow. So well, it's awesome. But yeah. I had all of these uh, like uh, dietitians and following these like body positive influencers and stuff like that. And I work in that field. So you would think that I'd be like, yeah, this is awesome. But then I started to see that I was like, my whole life can't be about this. Yeah. Also, not all of this is there. Not everybody's doing it the right way. And just because yeah. somebody's doing this doesn't mean I need to follow them. And like, everybody's trying to like one up the other person. And yeah. I just was like, I, I, I can do my own thing and not have to follow yeah. this content. But then you're also speaking to the part where like people are making things so black and white, like every jerk is a narcissist, mm-hmm. like everybody who lies is gaslighting. That's not true. That's not what that is. And so we've given a lot of people this information, but do they have the ability to really digest that information? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's like priming people to see each other as others and priming people to see conflict and, and that's what we're doing p- politically, right? It, it's, it's interesting because I think it's, it's following the same kind of trend, which usually does, right? Like um, it's, it, it, it's, you know, the personal is political, the political is personal. There's a lot of, you know, tribalism, right? Happening in, in, in sort of politics, not just in the US, but around the world. And in a way we're becoming more tribalistic, if that's even a word, in our, in our personal relationships, right? Like again, by labeling people and being, and, and diagnosing people, <laughs> And diagnosing ourselves, right? And people becoming experts. To me, the best experts, like when I think about, for example, I don't know, Esther Perel. Mm-hmm. Esther like will rarely say yes or no to a question. It's actually annoying to interview her because she will just always be, could be this, could be that. I, oh she God. doesn't even, you know, I remember having this conversation with her where I was like, um, someone had told me, you know, when you walk into a therapist or you can answer this maybe, but when you walk into a therapist's office, the first thing that they'll do is that they'll try and gauge what your attachment style is. And they will do that. Like, you know, they won't tell you like, oh, you're actually anxiously attached or you're avoidant, but they will like clock it. And I asked her, I was like, do you like, is it true? Like the therapist do that? And she was like, I don't come in labeling anybody like, like, and, and you can be, you know, again, I think attached and attachment styles is super important. And I wish I'd been taught that in the, you know, seventh grade instead of like algebra that I don't remember, but, but at the same time, you can be overly attached to that label and you will be different in different relationships. And, you know, again, that's what Esther said. Yeah. Like then you're it, acting that out. Cause you think that I'm anxious. So I'm going to do this. So then I do it. It's a yes, prophecy, yes. right? It's self-fulfilling. It's self-fulfilling. And, and in the same way that I think, you know, we laugh about manifestation. I mean, we, some people like, and, and I'm, part of it. Like I I'm skeptical, right. Of like, well, if I say I'm going to make a lot of money, I'm going to make a lot of money. Like I don't, you know, I, I have like issues with that, but at the same time, I think the reverse is true. Like you can manifest your unhappiness and a lot of people and I, myself included, like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I, these are things that I'm reflecting on where I'm like, am I resisting my own happiness because I'm so attached to my misery? Like I'm so, because I know it because I know it and I can predict it. I have this attachment style. I have this mental illness. I have this thing. You're this. So I can predict and control when like relationships are like about giving up control. And like, you don't know what the other person is going to do. You don't know who the other person's going to, you know, and it's, I've been trying to, again, loosen up my own, you know, my own guard, I guess. And just be like, I don't like, I don't know who this person it really is and and that's gonna be the exciting thing to and I don't know who I am I'm gonna change they're gonna change everything changes and so yeah I I've been just again I mean these are just things that I'm reflecting on because they're things I'm working on because I I've done that like I've definitely yeah yeah, just over over corrected in that way the interesting thing is is therapists aren't supposed to be so yes or no like we're not right tell you because it's not always and never it's rarely yes. always and never and mm-hmm. that's like something 101 we learn but that's something that's become very powerful because again the control and it feels safe and all that yeah. so before like people started reading attached I remember when people started reading it was like two years ago wasn't that yes it's not yes and, but, so then everybody's coming in and like what attachment style am I and I'm I am like okay I've known this whole time, but we've never had a talk about it because that's, it's not so important for you to know yet. Maybe I sure therapist, you get to have that power of like, when is a good time to introduce this concept? When is a good sure. time 
but now everybody has this information before they get to the the office. Mm-hmm. They want to confirm that the diagnosis that they've already given themselves yes. and yeah. then they want to hold on to it. And then yeah. the interesting thing, it's much like the Enneagram. If you ever do take that test, yeah. a lot of people hate the Enneagram because they feel like if I don't want to be put in a box, I don't want my, I don't want somebody to label me as this. And in that's like the opposite of what it really does. It really tells mm-hmm. you kind of like what box you're living in. So then you can get out of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gotcha. So that is like a, the attachment styles, like it's really right. hard to know what your attachment style is. So then you can get out of that way exactly. that's yeah. you. versus I'm now in this attachment style. And it's so interesting because if you read anything about attachment styles, that's like really done by people that know what they're talking about. They talk about how these are fluid things. They change mm-hmm. and they're going to change throughout your lifespan based mm-hmm. on experiences, your relationships. Like if you go to therapy, if you don't, Yet we get so hung up on, I am this and they are that, especially with dating, right? He's, he's oh avoided. He'll never do blah, blah, blah. Yes. And yes. maybe that's true, right? Maybe they won't. Like maybe yeah. that person will never feel safe enough to connect with you in that way. So, yeah. so maybe they won't. and they might, but yeah. I don't know that that's the most important thing. The important thing is that right now you're not getting what you need. Yeah. So what do you need to stop acting in your years? Yes. Bring it back to yourself, right? Which is the more difficult work and, and focusing on the other person's mental issue, attachment style, his trauma history. Like that's a great way to ignore your own. And, Mm -hmm. and again, something that I'm reflecting on because it's something I've also, I've also done. I've over or overly focused. And as soon as you bring the focus back on yourself, you actually can change things. That's the thing. Like that's actually the only thing you have control over. And yeah, I feel like I, yeah, I wasted a lot of time again, just overly focusing on figuring out, right. It's, it's a form of intellectualizing, right. Which is a coping mechanism. Again, it's, it's a way to cope with pain or cope with a situation with, with, with stress, but doing it is uh, overly, right. Is, is a way to actually also, that is avoidance, right? Like you can be anxiously attached and be constantly, you know, intellectualizing the other person's behavior as a way to avoid dealing with their behavior or, or avoid um, leaving that relationship or, or stating your needs in that relationship, or, or again, thinking about how your behavior is enabling or allowing, um, that kind of, that kind of behavior. And so, yeah, it's, it's real nice, you know, <laughs> to just like talk about how fucked yeah. up someone is. And then, but then like, are you, yeah, like something else that I just, again, I, I, I do. And I try is just like, am I spending all this time talking about this person, but then is that how I am in relationship with them? Right. Like, am I just saying this person's crazy, this person's doing this, but then I'm with them and I'm just like smiling and like it, you, you have to be truthful with yourself. And that's something, again, if you're a people pleaser, if you're like, you know, all of the things which we all are, you know, we all want people to accept us is going to be difficult, but that is where like change will happen and patterns will be broken. Right. Yeah. Ugh, all of that. I mean, we could talk about this part for four hours because yeah. You literally said so many things that like, I feel so deeply, but it's interesting because like I was said, before we started recording, I was listening to the first episode. I want to say it was the first episode of this season of man enough. Yeah. And we were talking about cancel culture mm-hmm. and well, that just relates, it relates to everything in my life because I've become yeah. I'm a people pleaser. And I love that you said everybody is. Cause when people are like, I'm not a people pleaser. I'm like, okay, let's no. (laughs) Maybe your behaviors are different than mine, but I think people to like you as well. Um, so a different way to do it. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, with this podcast, I've, I've realized that I have people that believe all different kinds of things that listen to this, some that are different religions than I am. Some that just like are just different in all aspects of the world. Mm -hmm. And so I know as a human, like, there's no way for me to just like put out content that everybody's going to agree with. At the same time, I get really anxious about hurting somebody or pissing somebody off or, or being misunderstood. Yeah. And then that directly like fights with this part of me that wants to be really authentic, right? Mm -hmm. That wants to like show up and like 
put the content out there that feels like it's helpful, like we were talking about and, and speak the truthful parts in this space from a therapist perspective. But I know there's going to be people out there that, that will have an opinion that is, or just get something from what I said. That's not what I meant. Yeah. And I get that feeling a lot for a lot of things, but more recently about this part of like, Oh, like mental health is, is being like, screwed with like misconstrued people don't understand the point anymore yet we're trying to like give a better description of what it is and make it less stigmatized but then it's actually becoming this thing that like everybody's just like fucked up and Mm -hmm. everybody needs more boundaries and everybody needs to cut off relationships and everybody needs and everybody's parents suck and like that's the opposite and so I have a hard time like me saying like maybe all these like advocates aren't really advocating for what we really should be doing, all of that. Mm. However, I want to hear from you, especially with what we originally were, hopefully we'll get to it, going to talk about today. I want to hear from your perspective as somebody who does put content out into the world, whether it's a reel or a book or a podcast, how you are coping with the ability for anybody to misunderstand you mm-hmm. or attack you mm-hmm. at any minute when you're trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. I would say that very recently my coping mechanism was to be perfect. And like, you know, I'm putting that in big quotation marks because obviously being perfect (laughs) doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And also being perfect for everybody is just not, I don't know, unless you like your pizza, like, like, I, I don't know what is like, and even pizza, there, there are people who don't like pizza. There are people who are allergic to gluten. There are people who don't like dairy. Like, like you yeah. just can't please everybody. But that was a real struggle for me. Like I, again, I think part of it is we all want to please other people. I was like bullied in high school. And I think that just like has stuck with me too, where as soon as I feel like, and I was like rejected and I had to like change schools. Like it was a big, it was kind of a mob kind of thing, not mob, but like, yeah, it just, it wasn't like one person going after me. It was kind of like, okay, now you're done. Like we all, you know, don't, we all are kind of rejecting you, which, you know, again, I in high school is, is very, can be very cruel and, and non, not nuanced. So yeah, I, I used to be so, oh my gosh, if like one person, one comment, one thing, I would just, it, it would like actually set me off. I would delete it. It would almost like set me off in like a weird episode uh, of, of fear and anxiety and, and withdrawal. Like I've done things that again, now I, I don't think I would do, but you know, maybe like to your point, going private or doing things that are just like, okay, I'm done. And now I think a little bit, I have like a different view on it. I think I'm more tethered to myself and like what I believe and my thoughts and opinions. And I think that that has made me more confident to say things that might not be popular or say things that might not like say, like, I know the thing to say that will make me, that will make people go, yeah. And like high five and like, and it's probably going to be mean, like, like it's going to be non-nuanced and it's probably going to involve like belittling someone else or using a villain, right? Like, like going after, like, that's what we see really do do well. Unfortunately, I I think particularly on TikTok, right? These like stitches of like this person, you know, laughing at other people, putting them down. And, and I, and I really don't, I, first of all, I don't in enjoy that uh, like I'm not a confrontational person even though I think some people I guess assume I am based on the fact that I I have strong opinions about things I I don't like conflict I don't like belittling other it doesn't make me feel good it's not what my inclination to, to, to do at all so now I think that I'm yeah I'm more connected to, to what I believe yeah. to, to myself. Yeah, exactly. To myself. And, and now I expect people to disagree with me as opposed to fear that people will disagree with me. And that has put me in a different, you know, it's like the yo-yo ma sort of lesson where he says, you know, I start playing and I, and I, and I wait for my first mistake 
right? Like, cause it's going to happen. And so if you're like, uh, I better not make a mistake, like it's going to happen. And then it's going to throw you off. If you're like, I'm going to make a mistake and you're like, Oh, here's the mistake. Like, <laughs> you know, Oh, here's the person that doesn't agree with me. Oh, here's the person that misunderstands me or is determined to misunderstand me. Right. And yeah, like I've, I think being, being more connected to yourself and also having like a good group of people that you're connected to as well, that you can do a gut check with has been helpful for, for, for me anyways. So yeah, that's, that's my long winded answer. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Two things popped up in my head as you were saying that. One... This idea that like, I'm expecting somebody to not get what I'm saying. It's really freeing. And I actually talk with, and this is how I dated too. like talk to a lot of clients who struggle with dating, whether they want to get back out there or whether they want to use dating apps or whatever, because we all from to an extent are struggling with this idea of rejection and all of that and acceptance. And I often will say like, well, I think that, you know, when it's safe for you to get back on a dating app, when you are comfortable being rejected a hundred because you're going to get reject, more people are going to not be interested in you than are going to be interested in you. And that's not a Mm. a you problem. That's how all of us are. Yeah, we are. We're, we're attracted to less people than we're, we're not attracted to. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. So I, I like that idea of like, it might not feel comfortable, but it can be a mm-hmm. safe thing of like, this is actually how the world works. And, and mm-hmm. that's really nice. The other thing that popped in my head was when we are having conversations, whether they feel like conflict or they feel like arguments or what dis- disagreements, the most powerful fruit comes from conversations and conflict where both people are trying to understand the other person versus yes. get you to the a point. Group. Right. So I don't have to agree with anything that you have to say at all for us to resolve any kind of conflict. I just need to understand you. 
and I need you to understand me. We can still, at the end of the day, not agree and talk about politics. Like we're just yelling at each other. <laughs> like that's all that I see. And when you were saying like, I know what to say, I know what to say. That's going to get the, the best response. It's that thing that gets all the people on my side cheering, but all the people who are on my side, aren't even listening to it. Like mm-hmm. they're somewhere else. Yeah. And I just am like, this is so it's like, I'm watching this like war from afar being like, okay, I guess we're going to stay here forever. Mm. Not much power in that yet when Mm -hmm. we can have conversations. And that's why I want to really hear your thoughts on all this stuff. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. And I might not even share what I even think about this stuff. Honestly, I would like people who don't agree with things that you have to say to be listening to this more than people that are agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. I want them to go listen to other podcasts where they can get another perspective. Yeah. Come to a place where we can both like, oh, I hear that. I hear that. Oh, I learned something new that might not change my whole opinion, but now I have a better idea and way to connect with this person that Mm -hmm. doesn't agree with me. So I don't have to create these boundaries that are ruining relationships, ruining Mm -hmm. families, like ruining, there's so much rupture without repair right now, Mm. relationships more than I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm haven't lived the super long life, Mm. but like it's now more than ever. It's, I had this disagreement with my mom. I have to cut her off. And I'm like, how did we get there? How did we get there? How did I have this disagreement with my mom? I don't think I heard her. I don't think she heard me. I need to learn how to have a safe relationship safe conversation with her. Wow. Does that all make sense? Cause I feel like it really does. And, and how do you know when you should repair and when you should rupture though? Right. Like, cause I, I feel like sometimes when I want, when I'm rupturing, it's not that I don't trust the other person it's that I don't trust myself. And so because it's something I've, I've, I've been thinking yeah. about a lot because again, I, I'm not just observing it with the people around me. I'm noticing it in my own life. I'm like, I feel like there's a lot more, not chaos, but you know, it used to just be relationships felt more stable in, in some, you know, uh, sense. Yeah. And, and I'm like, Oh, what's going Am, am I? Yeah. Am I, you know, am I the drama? The, yes. <laughs> sounds like, is it me? And, and probably yeah. like, I mean, it's two people, right? Like every yeah. relationship, I think it's very rare that it's just one person. And yeah, I guess I'm curious, like, and even maybe for people who are listening, like, when is it, when should you rupture and yeah. when should you repair? Like, yeah, I don't that's know. I questions that there's not like a black and white answer, right? To, right? Okay. Because it's different for everybody. And, and to be okay. honest, certain people can handle a level of chaos that is different than other people's yes, relationships. Right. So yeah, we can die. We can like really go deep into that and say, well, where does this ability to handle chaos come from? Does that come from trauma? And like, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Sure, it might come from trauma and it is what it is. And I think that's where like mental health has become too simplified where it's yeah. like, if this comes from trauma, that means it's bad. When a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times the traits we get from experiencing trauma, I know. Their survival and, and they yes, help yeah. us continue to survive. And that's okay. Yeah. Let's not get yeah. rid of those. Yeah. Like, let's not yeah. get rid of those. I might have a really high tolerance for chaos. And maybe that becomes an issue in my romantic relationships because I am accepting behavior that's actually really harmful and scary and bad. Yeah. And maybe it allows me to be able to go into safe relationships and sit and have conflict and not feel like I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like, it's hard to answer that question because it's different yeah. for the person. And I think it's interesting that you said, it's not that I don't trust them. It's that I don't trust myself. And so that's a conversation that I think you would have to like dive into pretty deep of mm-hmm. what don't you trust and what are the experiences that have led you mm-hmm. to that you have to be careful and it's, and you can trust other people, but you're the problem and you're the drama. And so I wish there was an easy answer for that. Mm. And there probably is somewhere in somebody's book that they wrote. Right. Mm, oh, this is right. You, this is no, what there's a TikTok out there that's like yes. these are the five ways to know that yes. you should never heal. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about though, because then I'm like, then people are staying in relationships they shouldn't, and then they're leaving relationships that they they might not need to. Because of my history and because of what I've been through in my life, specifically around like food and exercise and all that, I know 
some limits that I have. And I know some mm-hmm. things that I just like, don't feel good being around. Mm-hmm. And I also have some people in my life that do those things and talk about those things. I can try to set a boundary, right? And Hey, it, it feels icky when you say this stuff, like, you know, do the whole thing. That person might not care to change their behavior because it's working mm-hmm. for them. Right. And then it becomes, okay, well, I, it's, it's my job to hold the consequence of the boundary. Right. So I get to decide what the consequence is, right. The consequence doesn't always have to be, well, since you can't stop saying X, Y, Z, that's triggering to me. I'm never coming over again. I right. might have to do that in early recovery. I can't mm-hmm. come to dinner. I can't eat meals with you. Right. But also the consequence might be for me, if I want a relationship with, let's say it's my sister, which it's not, if my sister's listening, <laughs> let's say that this is a thing. And, and she keeps saying these things are triggering. And, and, and so I don't want to not be able to be around her and her family. I, the consequence is I have to do something maybe before, or after I see her to make sure that I'm regulated and safe. Right. Versus I'm going to have a blowout fight with my sister. And then we're mm-hmm. just Mm-hmm. it does and that is taking responsibility right for yeah. your your self yeah. and your because, life yeah and yes uh, what, because harmful for me might not harm her like i yeah. can't uh do the same things around food and exercise that somebody else might not have a problem with yeah i mean that's so interesting <laughs> i've because you know, I, I was thinking Monica uh, was telling me about this. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I mentioned her earlier uh, where we were, you know, we were recording a podcast where we were freezing our eggs together. So we spent like a lot of time together. And so she, you know, taught me something really important where she, she was like, you know, boundaries is not, you can't do that. Boundaries is I won't allow, like, it, it's like, it's, I will TK, TK at X, Y, Z when that happens, right? Like a boundary is actually not about the other person. It's about you and like your behavior and what you will do. And so I think that's such a different way of, of presenting it that, that I think is, is healthier. Cause I agree with you, like boundaries, 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 like to be like boundaries are having like, whoever's the PR person for boundaries, like having a <laughs> moment. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know if we fully understand what that means. It makes me sad because I, all of this is, is to help, right? Like coming back to back our point. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes I've asked myself in the last few years, again, I've gone much deeper, on stuff because during the pandemic, I, all of my stuff was triggered or, you know, small T triggered, but also big T triggered. (laughs) Like I, you know, I, I have eating issues too. I ended up being, becoming really sick and like, yeah, I had to be like, oh, okay. This is like much more unmanageable than it would be if I, you know, had a normal job and I wasn't isolated and, uh, you know, it was pre-vaccine and like, all this stuff. So, so I I know that like many people, (laughs) the pandemic really amplified things, but sometimes I've looked back and I, I I don't know if I'm, if I'm really healing in quotation marks or, or am I, yeah, regressing? Like, I can't tell, you know, and, and maybe part of it is like, okay, well stop thinking about it. Like when you're spending so much time thinking about your recovery, maybe you're not actually living. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I want to put the caveat out there that just like I said, that gave that example, there is plenty of, of spaces. And again, kind of back to it's not black and white. There are plenty of spaces where it is actually really important for you to put that boundary up and say, Mm -hmm. uh, the consequence is I won't be doing this thing anymore because some people don't have that ability to like hold that and then go take care of it after it just becomes Mm. much better. Not that they can't ever get to that point, but something that I was taught, it's one of my favorite things that my first, well, my second boss ever as a therapist, she used the quote, and I don't know where it came from. She might've made it up, but she said, a boundary without a consequence is just a suggestion. And it's so good. It's so good. It's It's so so good. good. And I remember when she told me that, I was like, oh, I can't just like tell somebody to not do something. And she's like, well, no, because there's no motivation for you or them to not keep engaging in that because the reason that uh, someone's doing that behavior is because it's working for them in some way. Uh-huh. And, and I, I always uh-huh. I, young, like younger it, pre all of this, like I always would put that outward. Like mm, they get the, right. they need the consequence. They need the consequence. But I think now right. 
you know what? I'm writing this down, by the way. Yeah. I think it's you know such a good line. This just came to me as we're speaking is that mm-hmm. maybe it's that all of this mental health, and this is like a untethered thought. This is just new. And I'm working this out as I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. So all of this influx of mental health information is creating more of a victim mindset versus survivor. Or I'm, I'm, I'm capable and I'm strong and I, I can do these things. So mm. it, I'm, I'm very much a victim. If every time I set a boundary, the person doesn't adhere to that. And then I have to then not spend time with that person or cut that off, or it's never my fault. Well, I can't be their friend because they did this. Yeah. When, okay. That's totally fair. And you can live that way, but everybody in your life is going to disappoint you at some point. Yes. Right. Yes. So, literally that so that's where it becomes like <laughs> yeah I, we need yeah. the times where we do not repair the relationship we need the mm. time where we can say wait a second like I'm in control of of some of this I'm in control of me and so how do I show up in a way that I can have a relationship with this person because there's a lot of redeeming qualities about them we're not going to get to it because of timing and that's okay maybe we'll have another conversation but my initial desire was to talk about all of the abortion and the Roe v. Wade and the, all this stuff. And I just think that there, I've seen so many people just end relationships with people that they love because of this. And I'm not saying that all of them need to be repaired, mm-hmm. but I think that there's a conversation around how do I learn how to set up boundaries that can keep me safe and also yeah. keep me connected to people that I deeply care about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think my, it's my fear is that we just have echo chambers if we don't. Of course, yeah. 100%. And, and the thing is the person that you're connected to that you care about and that cares about you, you disconnecting from that relationship because they disagree with you is actually a disservice to the movement. If that's really like what you're here for and the reason why you're, you know, uh, um, cutting that relationship off, cutting off that relationship is the best thing that you can do to, you know, for the opposing side, right? Because that person is much more likely to listen to you, is much more likely to be persuaded by you, is much more likely to value the opinion that you think is so, you know, true and and important and crucial. And and I think that this really started, I mean, it didn't start, you know, recently, I think it's been an ongoing sort of response, but, you know, obviously 2016 was a very divisive, very divisive election. And there was this kind of underlining shame, I guess, for people who remained, who didn't like exile or, or, or yell at their family members who voted yeah. for, 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 you know, yeah. Trump, like, yeah. like the, it, it was almost like, uh, yeah, that you were complicit or that you were, yeah. and, 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 and if you weren't able to change their minds, that somehow that's like your, yeah, you're racist or your sexist yes. or your, yes. and, and it's, I think that's a, that's a, dangerous standard (laughs) is that also in the lines of like people who like if you don't post anything being silent is saying something like that whole thing that is so frustrating to me Mm -hmm. for so many reasons because one you don't know why somebody is or isn't posting something like it that's true doesn't mean they don't care. It doesn't mean they're not. And it's not the only way to do something. You don't know if those mm-hmm. people who aren't posting their Instagram might be calling uh, their representatives and, and leaving. Long, yeah. Like they might be doing yeah. tons of stuff that you don't see because it's not mm-hmm. performative, mm-hmm. but also like, I feel this as, as a mental health person that I believe that just because you are a therapist doesn't mean that you are just like an advocate for all things. Right. I only have space to advocate That's for so that. many things. I have work life. I have then like social justice and all the things in my personal life that I want to work towards and mm-hmm. do. And then I also have just like a life where I don't, I just get to be yes, you, know? you. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has that. And so I think from a perspective as a therapist, I've mm. seen a lot of therapists being shamed, even in like these like little Facebook groups that I'm a part of, like hey. of like, it's assumed that like every therapist is super liberal, which like they're not. And sometimes you might know a therapist's political opinion. And a lot of times you don't mm. know. And that's mm-hmm. for safety reasons, but um, mm-hmm. 
it just was so interesting to me of how these, these people were shaming therapists for like not doing their due diligence when like, you have no idea what they are doing. Yeah. And yeah, we want more people to be supporting the movements that we're supporting, but we mm-hmm. also, there's a lot of movements out there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it creates overwhelm. I, yeah. I, again, that's been one of the things I've given kind of myself permission also to, to do, which is like, I, I'm not going to comment about it. I mean, there's so much suffering every fucking day in this country and the world. I, I, I can't like actually post or have an opinion and uh, take a stand and raise money and, you know, about it, everything. I, I just like, and, and it makes Oh, yeah. um, sure you less that. effective yeah. um any if, if you are spread out in that way and again so it's the shaming of like well you're not intersectional or you're not really like it's like no no th- I'm not good at everything like right. like there are other people who will post and create and fundraise in a much more effective way and 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 again vice versa like there are things that I'm better at and I I'm just you know have read more about a certain topic or have spent you know my, my perspective on it is going to be different and more I think not valuable, but like more valuable in terms of effectiveness than a person who, you know, hasn't. And so I agree with you. I I think that, you know, at the same time, at the same time I'm listening to you and I'm like, I feel like I've done that with abortion and men. Like I have been hurt like by the men in my life who the vast majority, you know, have not been active about speaking out about Roe and, to me, and I understand that's maybe not everybody, like it is devastating, doesn't even sort of begin to capture what, what, what I, again, and, and there are climate people who fight for climate change, who believe that, you know, the fact that we're not talking about the flood in, in Pakistan or, or just climate change in general is, yeah, is like, you know, they're in tears yeah. and they're, you know, and, and I'm, maybe not understanding the gravity of that. And so I think it's, it's having grace, you know, for each other and, and forgiving each other. And again, understanding that there are different ways of sort of supporting each other that, that look differently. That's a dialectic though, what you're saying right there, because yeah, I can be in that space of like, when I think about like, just like eating disorders and diet culture and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff, like I get upset when people don't care about that too, or they just, that people just say like things that you're like, you are so not listening yeah. to anything. Yeah. And in that there's a dialectic of, I can be hurt by that or sad or angry, whatever feeling comes up. And I can offer that person grace and I can mm-hmm. leave space to like, not know what I don't know. Like there can be two things that are happening. It doesn't be, have to be all, I, I feel this feeling that's icky. So I hate this person. Yes. Now, none of us are going to be perfect with that. Like yeah. I totally get that. We're yeah. going to have passion inside of us for a reason. And like, that's yeah. going to, us to things, but I think that's a really good point just to say that, like, I can be the perpetrator of the thing that frustrates me as well. Yes. Like, and own it. Yes. yes. And, and, and that's a really good point. And then when I go to that place, I go like, there are plenty of people of color who are like frustrated by me yes. and the fact that I like, you know, don't do enough and don't take it as personally as they would want me to. And don't take them the amount of responsibility that I'm expecting men to take up. And I, and I use it as a learning. I try and lose it as a learning of like, yeah, how am I showing up for other people in the way that I hate that people show up for me? Yeah. Right? And again, it's just like, we're not going to be perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. Like one mistake, you know, like there's a saying, you know, that I like, and that I try and say, remind myself in the mornings is like, or at night, which is like, did I reach my quota of mistakes today? And I think that's such a more powerful, again, it helps me reframe instead of focusing on all the mistakes, all the things I should have done differently. It's like, okay, how many mistakes did I do today? Great. Let's make better mistakes tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And I think that full circle comes to the very beginning of all of this is like the goals for a lot of these people out there that are being for a a lack of another word, just canceled or just like judged or whatever. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are out there trying to help. And so can we look at that? Like we can still have our feelings. And also like, let's look at like the, the purpose of all the work that people are doing, although we might not be doing it perfectly is we're doing it to help. So I'm open always to feedback, but I'm just like, can you give the feedback in a kind way that is able for me to digest it? Yes. And invite you. Yeah. 
Yes. If you send me a nasty email, I'm going to delete it because I don't yes. have your opinion. But of if you course. send it, yes. so many people do that, right? So I'm sure you guys get a lot of feedback from the podcast, especially mm-hmm. like it hurts and it stings. Cause I'm like, Oh, I did do that. And like, I didn't think mm-hmm. about that. But a lot of times people say like, I hope you take this in a kind and loving way. And I'm like, well, now I will like, thank yeah, you that. Too. Really write that. Yes. I totally agree. Okay. Thank you for this conversation. This was so thank fun. Thank you. You know yeah. what I'm going straight into right now is therapy. So it, this oh, is so yes. perfect. I love that. I have a whole uh, list of things I've written down that are just super interesting for me to think about. So yeah, thank you for this conversation. I, I like really, really enjoyed it. Well, thank Even you. if we didn't get to all the points. <laughs> yeah. This is what we needed. Um, well, have a good therapy session. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate weekend. it. All right. Bye. bye. bye you too. Bye, Catherine. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.